Today, I wanted to let you know about an upcoming free masterclass to heal anxiety. Now, this is especially for those of you who have tried many other programs or interventions and you feel like there's just something missing, like these treatments or therapies just keep missing the mark. Or for those of you who've been told that you just need to manage your anxiety and you know that this is utter BS because no one wants to just manage with disruptive anxiety forever. So this masterclass is sharing inside secrets of what it means to truly heal anxiety by understanding the three parts of anxiety and how these are causing problems. The link is in the show notes to register for free. See you there. Welcome back to the Ease Anxiety Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about the various coping strategies and interventions available for anxiety, look at what works, what doesn't, and why it might not work for you. Stay tuned. Have you ever wondered why anxiety just won't budge? Like, what is it doing here anyway? Welcome to the Ease Anxiety Podcast. I'm Deanta Fuchs, a psychologist turned international anxiety coach, and I'm on a mission to share a new perspective on anxiety that puts you firmly back in control of your life so that anxiety no longer interrupts you. So grab your cuppa, get comfy, and listen in as we demystify, destigmatize, and deconstruct what you think you know about anxiety so that you can finally do what you have struggled with for so long. Ease anxiety for good. Okay, today we're going to touch on some common coping mechanisms that people use for anxiety, either to help them reduce anxiety states in the moment or better yet, to try to be rid of anxiety. Now, I'm going to deal with the most common ones that you might have been, I'm going to deal with the most common ones that your doctor or your therapist might have recommended to you. But before I get started, I do want to put a disclaimer in here. Strategies like breathwork and meditation and exercise and healthy nutrition and good sleep and wonderful relationships all are proven, scientifically so, to reduce anxiety and to improve your mental health. So I am saying they work, but they may not always work for you. And here's why. So let's start with breathwork, because this is the most common strategy that most people are taught to calm their vagus nerve and to reduce their anxiety states. So you might have been told, just take a deep breath. And there are so many different ways for us to do breathwork, right? We have the belly breath. We have the 7-Eleven breath. We have the square breathing technique. You might have been taught a range of different ways to take a breath. But many doctors or therapists who suggest taking a breath do not explain to you why or how taking a breath might work. And so in effect, it may be that breathing doesn't work for you for one of two reasons. It may be that you don't quite do it properly because you're not quite sure how the mechanism of taking a breath is supposed to reduce your anxiety. So first and foremost, we want to know that taking a deep breath is supposed to calm your nervous system. In other words, it's supposed to trigger your vagus nerve to set you back into a rest and digest state. Now, often, if you take a deep enough breath and you expand your lungs well enough, it can massage that vagus nerve and it can reset it into a rest and digest space. But it does mean that you need to take a big enough and deep enough breath, which becomes problematic when you're really anxious right? Because when you're really anxious or even potentially having a panic attack, you're going to be shallow breathing, rapid breathing. And maybe you've been shallow, rapid breathing for some time already 
and that has now become your normal breath rate. Now, the thing about shallow, rapid breath is that it serves a purpose. When you are in a fight or flight response, which is what your anxiety or your panic attacks are, that rapid breath is designed to get as much oxygen to your muscles and your brain for valid reasons, because you're meant to be running away or fighting your threat. So oxygen is a really useful thing to have right now. Your rapid breath rate is there for a reason, and it has become an instinctual response. So now, in the midst of taking rapid breaths, if you're asked to take a nice, big, deep breath, chances are you haven't exhaled all of the stale air that's hanging at the bottom of your lungs properly. And that means that the next time you take a full, deep breath, or at least what you think is a full, deep breath, you're not actually filling your lungs right up to the top because we have all the stale air hanging at the bottom. That stale air then also leaves you feeling a little breathless. That kind of air hunger that many people experience, it's often because of this. Now, the difficulty in interrupting that rapid breath in the midst of a panic attack or an anxiety attack is that we're trying to interrupt what is essentially an instinctual response that is designed for your survival. Plus, we're trying to mess with a function that is ordinarily automatic. Now you're taking this automatic subconscious act and you're bringing it into the conscious and you're trying to focus on it and interrupt this instinctual thing. Wow, it creates a lot of havoc. And this might be why taking a nice deep breath when you're in the midst of a panic attack just doesn't seem to work for you. So what I'm saying is that it's not you. You're not to blame and there isn't something wrong with you. It just means that maybe we're not implementing this breathwork in the right way for the right circumstance. So if you're in the midst of a panic attack, what you really want to be focusing on is just exhaling properly. Try to get rid of as much of that stale air as you can, and then try to take some deep breaths. But you're probably better off doing this a little later in your panic attack once you've got your limbic brain or your emotional brain calmed just a little bit for you to begin thinking rationally and to start undoing what the instinctual response is asking you to do. Now, for many of my other clients who struggle with anxiety, who've been asked to focus on their breath, they found themselves in a little bit of a vicious looping cycle. And this may sound familiar to you, that the minute we begin to focus on our breathing, we begin to really focus on our breathing. Now, when your brain is in an anxious state, it means that your limbic brain is fired up. This is the part of your brain that is responsible for looking out for threats, and it means that we're in a slightly guarded, slightly hypervigilant state, ready to see threats where maybe there are none. So if you then begin to focus on your breathing, you may begin to see the breathing as problematic. You may notice that you have rapid, shallow breathing, and that may feel uncomfortable. Now, as you try to intervene and focus on it, you begin to notice how air-hungry you really are. And taking deeper, more fuller breaths isn't really providing you with more oxygen. And as you try to slow down the breathing rate, you tend to increase the feeling that you don't have control of your breathing and that it's all gone wrong, which creates more anxiety and more of the same breathing problems. So again, breathwork has been scientifically proven to have massive health benefits and increase and improve on your mental health. However, sometimes it can be problematic in the midst of anxiety. So in those instances, when we have these vicious looping cycles, 
I'm going to suggest that we try as hard as we can to get your mind off of the breathing. The less you focus on it, the more it can return to a natural rhythm that you don't have to control. You've got to trust that your body knows what it's doing. Your body knows how to breathe. You don't have to get involved with that. And sometimes when we are getting involved, we can cause more of the same thing. So it's really important to know when is breathwork going to be a useful response, right? Another coping strategy that people are often given is to meditate or to be still or to practice mindfulness or being aware of their surroundings. Now, these sort of fall under an umbrella term, but what we're really talking about is being still and being able to focus on something else. Many times, the mind just keeps racing. And so as you're trying to focus on, maybe it's your breathing while you're meditating, or you're listening to a guided meditation, which I highly recommend if you're anxious, rather than trying to focus on your breath, or you're trying to do one of those mindful grounding exercises where you count how many things you can see, how many things you can hear, etc. But you find that your brain just keeps recycling back to the anxiety. And often, often people have the feeling that they're just not doing it right. And then they begin to worry that they can't do this, that it's not working for them, and that the anxiety is going to stick around forever. Needless to say, when we have those sorts of thoughts, we're going to begin feeling more anxious because we believe nothing can work. Here's the truth about mindfulness or meditation. Especially if we're practicing mindfulness, it is the art of being present in this moment without judgment. And our minds will wonder. Especially if you're in an anxious state, your brain is going to be picking up so much around you because it's hypervigilant and to a degree overstimulated. So you can expect that your mind will wonder. The practice of mindfulness is the act of bringing it back with acceptance and no judgment. So it doesn't matter if you have found yourself now veering off on another anxiety spiral. If you can catch yourself and bring yourself back to this moment, then you have succeeded in the practice of mindfulness. So again, these coping strategies that we're taught to use for our anxiety can be very useful, but we really need to understand how they work and then how we can implement them at the right time. So if you're somebody who has struggled with anxiety and you've tried throwing every conceivable strategy under the sun at your anxiety and nothing seems to work, it may very well be for one of these reasons. But the other big reason that most strategies do not work for anxiety is because we are implementing them for the wrong reasons. Any strategy that you use to try to get rid of your anxiety is in effect going to make it louder. Because anxiety's core purpose is to get you to pay attention to something, if you try to shut it down without paying attention to what it's asking you to pay attention to, it can only get louder. And if we have an expectation that we need to be rid of the anxiety, there's always going to be a part of us that's looking back to see whether the strategy is working. And as we look back to see if the strategy works, we're going to have some anticipation, potentially even a low-level anxiety, which of course you're going to see if you look for it. And when you see it, then we go on those spiraling thoughts of, this isn't working, I'm still anxious, nothing works for me, which, as you can see again, creates more anxiety. So what am I saying here today? I'm saying that it is less about 
finding the right strategy to get rid of your anxiety, and more about finding the right strategy to help you be with anxiety so that it can naturally subside. It is not the job of strategies or interventions to be rid of your anxiety. I would love for you to begin reframing how you use your strategies and your interventions to begin using them to help you be with and to float and to accept anxiety rather than to get rid of it. And this is why inside all of my programs, while I do give specific strategies that I know work, those strategies are designed and aimed specifically at helping you to shift the beliefs that need to shift in order for you to trust yourself and anxiety and to help you to float with anxiety, to accept it so that it can naturally subside. Those strategies are there to help you learn how to take your anxiety with you when you go out and reclaim your life, rather than expecting yourself to do things without anxiety and then be sorely disappointed when it shows up. When we're using coping strategies and interventions, they can only be successful if we are using them for the right reasons. And when we use them for the right reasons, we then begin to use them in the right way, in ways that are actually successful. And so what about other interventions like medication, for example, or nutrition and gut health, or supplements, naturopath, homeopath, essential oils, or even just healthy relationships? Again, all of those interventions have the potential to help you reduce your anxiety. For sure, good, healthy nutrition is going to help you feel better with your mental health. In fact, every one of these interventions are going to help improve your mental health. But will they remove anxiety? That is a good question. The big thing that we need to understand is that anxiety itself isn't really the problem. Anxiety is an emotional response, just as real and valid as every one of your other emotional responses. It, in and of itself, cannot be the problem. Because anxiety is really just serving a purpose. And that purpose is to ring an alarm to get you to pay attention to something that it believes is a threat to your survival. Now, the thing that your brain perceives as a threat is the problem. It's the thing that we need to address in order for anxiety to stop ringing the alarm. But when we're using these coping strategies and these interventions to get rid of anxiety, we continue to see anxiety as being the actual problem. And so, in effect, we are never really addressing the real underlying problem that anxiety is asking you to pay attention to. Now, this surely does get tricky when you're dealing with stuck anxiety. Because at this point, your anxiety begins to see itself as the threat to your survival, like the symptoms or the panic attacks. And so it's ringing alarms about itself and it's asking you to pay attention to itself. So surely we need to stop this vicious cycle of anxiety about anxiety before we can start looking at what the original anxiety, before it got stuck on itself, was asking you to pay attention to. But this is really important to begin understanding the causes and the reasons for your anxiety. The root cause for why the anxiety came up in the first place is going to let you know where you really should be driving your interventions to. So medications, for example, are very, very useful for neurochemical imbalances. But there are many studies that are coming out now that are saying, that neurochemical imbalances in and of themselves are really very rare. 
it is not often that somebody truly has a neurochemical imbalance. So if this is not the thing that has caused the anxiety, then using medication that is going to help balance neurochemicals isn't really going to solve the problem. Absolutely, you might find that there is a significant improvement with the use of medications. Because with the addition of serotonin or dopamine, you are going to feel better. But many people that I work with will take medication for many years and they are still anxious and they're wondering why. Well, that's because the reason for anxiety, the cause, the root cause, the underlying problem that anxiety was asking them to pay attention to has not actually been addressed with the use of medication. Similarly, nutrition. There is a very strong gut-brain connection, and often if our gut health is out of whack and unhealthy, it can cause mental health difficulties such as anxiety or depression. And so absolutely focusing on nutrition is 100% going to improve your mental health. But if gut health was not the cause of the anxiety in the first place, you may notice improvement, but you may notice that your anxiety itself does not go away. So the crux of the biscuit here, my friend, is that at the end of the day, we need to pay attention to what anxiety is asking us to pay attention to. First, to stop the vicious cycle of anxiety about anxiety. And we do that by learning to be with anxiety and to float with it. And then to understand the root cause and what originally caused the anxiety so that we can then drive our interventions and our strategies at the problem, correcting that to solve that and thereby allowing our anxiety to stop needing to ring the bell. Now, many people want to know, but how do I find out what the root cause is? How do I know what it is that my anxiety was asking me to pay attention to? And often, this is a very difficult thing to do by yourself. So I highly recommend that you find yourself a therapist or a coach or join me on an Ease Bootcamp where you can find somebody to guide you to do this work. But essentially, understanding where this originates is going to be your best course of action when you want the anxiety to naturally subside. And it is only in understanding what the real problem is that we can begin using interventions and strategies in the most appropriate way. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I want to quickly hop in and remind you that our Ease Bootcamp is currently enrolling for the first bootcamp that kicks off in January 2024. If you are even remotely interested in finding out if this bootcamp can be useful for you, please use the link in the show notes to apply to see if you're a good fit for the program. And if you are, we'll send you an email with your next steps. It's absolutely pressure-free and there is no obligation to sign up. It's simply to see whether you're a good fit for the program. We're going to be kicking off on the 11th of January and there is no better way to go into 2024 than regaining control over your anxiety. So that wraps up today's episode and I have a huge favor to ask. If you found any value in what you heard today, please be sure to leave a review. I assure you it is not to stroke my ego, although it does help me to know that you love the show, but to help the algorithms get this episode into the hands of others who might need it. Make sure you follow the Ease Anxiety podcast so that you never miss a future episode. And lastly, I really love to connect. So find me on TikTok or Instagram and be sure to say hi. All the links are found below in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in 